Hello and welcome to the Dad Jeans Podcast. My name is Didon, and along with my co-hosts, Harris and Brian, each episode will unpack, examine, and discuss the DNA of healthy fathering. While all three of us are fathers, the road to fatherhood has been different for each of us. It's our hope that those differences and the perspectives they bring will only add to the conversation. Thanks for listening. In this episode, we take a look at the concept of co-parenting. We chat about what the term signals, who it benefits, and if there's even a need for the messages it sends. But before we do all that, let's check in. Fellas, what's the good word? Yo. What's going on, man? What's going on? My man's in them. Hey, man, I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here. Uh, we are film. We're, uh, we're recording this on a Saturday. It's been a, it's been a great week. It's, yeah. It's hot as all get out, but yeah, um, man. you know, listen. If the worst thing I have to complain about is the weather, then uh, things are going pretty well. Right, right, right. I mean, all things being considered, I'm like the pools have never looked so great. I mean, it's 99 degrees, but the phone says 108, and I'm like, look, a pool. Air conditioning popsicles. That's where it's at. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My kids so like it's too hot. Weekend, it's too hot. I can't go outside. I'm like, you you still gonna go. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> like you won't have to get some of this heat. You won't have to get some of this heat. Did y'all grow up with um did y'all grow up with pools in your neighborhood as kids? Yeah. You had one? Mm-hmm. I I grew up with a community pool. Community so pool, it's yeah. the park. And I think it's probably after Memorial Day. Okay. It opened every day at 1230, and there was a line of kids. Uh-huh. And wow. It, we were all there from 1230 to 430. And then that, that same line of kids just will all walk back to the neighborhood, beat tired, and uh, <laughs> and, and chocolate brown from the sun. Yeah. Oh, listen. We had an apartment complex at one point, and they had a pool. Bruh. Okay. So it's, I think it would open at 10 a.m., 10 a.m. till 6, 7, we, until they made us get out. Yeah. 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 Loved it. And and the the kicker is when I think back, there was no real swimming. Like it was handstand contest. There was uh the kid and play. Everybody Marco Marco Polo. We played shark. Did y'all play shark in ten feet? Yep. Yeah. No, in ten feet. Shoot. No, No, not in ten feet. Yeah, we played shark (laughs) in uh three feet. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to swim until I hit my thirties, Jack. Oh wow! There, there was the there was the swim test. If you could swim across the pool, then you can get in the deep yeah. side. But all you did in the deep side was just jump off the diving board and then swim to the edge and get out. Nah, so we played shark, off a man. I've never jumped off a diving board. I just really I, man, yeah. listen. There aren't too many things that I'm terrified of. Deep water and diving boards are two of my top three. Really, man, listen, it ain't happening, bro. I just don't have the coordination. I got on one. Huh? I just don't have the coordination, bro. You jump, jump and fall. On. Just to jump, no, yeah. No. Gravity does mm-hmm. the rest. Because yeah, you, you got to bounce it at the right time. No, you and, hey, you, mm-hmm. you ever fell forward before? Yeah, That's just, half the battle. Nah, man. You gotta you gotta bounce. You gotta bounce. And, Listen, I tell you, watching the Olympics, you 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 gain a new respect for all of these sports that you have just dismissed. Watching diving, synchronized diving, number one, and number two, the diving from like five stories. Bruh. Yeah, nah. I no, did I did the high jump. I've fallen out of chairs and I've been like, that was too long. Like, I don't know how they do that. Look, I did the high jump high jump once 
and nobody told me like you shouldn't dive, you know. So I I dove and um I I ain't never do it again. I ain't never do it again. My back ain't been right since. Belly flop yeah. off a high dive. No, I dove, but I think I, I I think I started my my feet started going forward. So when I went in, my back was like, "Ain't nobody tell you do that." Oh, so you did a back flop. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. I, I like how you are trying to put this slightly wrong. You know what? I don't know what. So yeah, hey, I'm about to say, hey, how do you? Yeah, you? you don't know what hey, happened. B, yeah. the, the French judge calls that a zero. <laughs> I, I think he, the French judge, actually said a negative six. Um, don't come back in four years either. Like, hey y'all, look, everybody, just if you think like, oh man, I just want to do this at least once. Go, go in feet first. If you ain't been trained, please go in feet first. Let's build yeah. your confidence. Yeah. Look, get your land leg, your, your sea leg. Maybe ready. you should do everything going in feet first, perhaps. I'm just saying. Everything? Like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. So let's get to this check in. Hey, Harris, hey, Harris, how you doing, hey. bro? <laughs> oh, man. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, you know, this week I'm taking off. It's the week of my 10 year anniversary of, of marriage. Yeah. Okay, real quick, real quick. You you gotta you gotta like drop a pearl or something. Brian's been married for five. I look, I never made uh ten, so I'm I'm happy to hear any wisdom that you have to share. Yeah, man, I'm listening. What you got? Oh boy. Uh but your wife listens yeah, too. Yeah, don't, say, don't, don't say that one. Put like this. I would say uh marriage counseling before something goes wrong. You know, and what, and what I mean by that is so, there's something to be gained. Before marriage? Um, <laughs> not, I ain't say Stupid. that. I ain't say that. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, but, you know, couples therapy is real. Uh, I, but I'll say um, if you can build, the biggest lie is that um, you come in thinking that, like, this is who you're going to be. You know, so the person who who did our marriage counseling, um, they just made us really know that we're all going to change. Like the man I was 10 years ago, I just am not. And the woman Mallory was. So you have to know that if you're one of those people that's going in like, yeah, I got it. I got it. She just the way I like her now. Or vice versa. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. People change. People evolve. That's valid. Okay. That's valid. Well, congratulations, bro. Congratulations. Hey, what's the 10 what's year gift? What do they say you're supposed to be giving? Man, I'm giving her <laughs> presents. Don't. No, no. Time. <laughs> A trip. I was like, don't. <laughs> I'm getting her some flowers. Like, all right, cool. Hey, Good she, for you. She's going to get time to herself. I ain't touching that. Hey, nah, seriously. Much when, love, Mallory. Much love, Mallory. The 10 year, though, is really knowing what your spouse actually needs. Like, you know, getting away from all the TV stuff and actually giving your spouse. You don't know that by year three? And a lot of people don't. You We're know, valid. a lot of people don't, man. Fair. That's valid. So, yeah, I'm in good space. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what would you, one to 10, what would you. I'm at a solid two. Uh, and on both sides, Word. on the work side and on this side, I was able to get uh, the majority of stuff done right before uh, I went. You know, I started my vacation. I took taking a week off. Um, oh, one thing that we did is we connected with our therapist, and our therapist really helped us to 
decide what this week together is going to be like. And that was really good because, you know, again, both of us have an ADHD, that time blindness, we could just go into it and just, you know, just be knocking around. So we were actually intentional about saying, you know, okay, this is going to be time that I had the kids and you could do your thing and vice versa. It's going to be time when we do. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's all, it's a very good time right now. That's dope. Yeah. What about you, fellas? Uh, it's interesting because, um, so if I compartmentalize what the stressor is, this is the highest I think that I've ever said a stress was oh. on the pod. And I'm going to start with the stress first and then work back and tell you why. <clears throat> it's about a six. And I'm at a six for am I approaching my interactions with Nas in the right way. So let me give you give you an example. So when Nas has one of those moments where <clears throat> maybe the talk talking back gets a little bit too much or whether the behavior starts to get a little bit too on the side of where we don't want it to be, I'll check him. And I'll check him in a way to let him know, right? I don't talk down to him. Y'all know that. But he's gotten into the habit of saying, Daddy, you're not my friend. And so I'm like, developmentally, it's very appropriate. He knows that I'm not his friend because he'll then say, but you're my daddy. I'm like, all right, cool. But the reason why it's been stressing me out is because I want him to consider me as his friend. So when I've talked to him and I've told him, like, buddy, when you say that, it hurts dad's feelings. He still leans in into it. And so then I've taken the approach to not address it. He still leans into it. So I just don't know what to do. And I'm like, dang, like, this is really bothering me as a dad. But he's also three. So that's why it's like at a six where I'm just like, I'm not going to start reading stuff. I'm not going to start turning this into anxiety, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm at a, I'm at a six. I just want him to understand that I'm not taking anything personally, but as a dad, like you can't help but not to take things personally. So am I tripping? So I would say no, right? Like, and and maybe I'm new age, but I do consider Ella my friend Mm -hmm. and, and, and I know she considers me her friend and I consider my mother one of my best friends as well. But here's the deal. Um, And and one of the things that I try to do is, is really important to me be is try to get Ella to consider relationships and, and, you know, they say you start talking to kids before they even understand what you're talking about. Right. You don't want people around you who are just going to let you do whatever you want to mm-hmm. do. Right. Uh, friends, siblings, parents, whatever. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I have conversations with Ella where we say, look, you know, we're going to get this done one way or the other. If you want me to be bad cop, I don't mind. Right. I don't mind. I love you to death. No matter how this plays out and how miserable you are over the next couple of days. Yeah. Right. This is the older version. Um, you know, but we came and I assume we all came from the I ain't your little friends school of, <laughs> yes. of of childhood. Yes. Which, you know, the funny thing is they still were. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. still were. They were just mad at a particular time. And so you're right. It is tough to be there and to enjoy them. And then when they like revoke that friendship, it's like, yo, yeah. Like what I do to you, 
But uh, on the same note, I also don't want my kid to grow up treating her friends like that. True. Like, you don't say the thing I like now, I'm not your friend. Like, yeah, we, we still going to do this. So it's tough on you, yeah. you know, but I think that you, all the feelings that you have are absolutely, it, I'm not going to say they're valid because who knows, but they're exactly the same feelings that I have. Okay. I just really um, wanted to run it by y'all because I'm just like, is this kind of just a Brian thing or is this like a dad thing or is this so, a dad that's in tune with emotions and feelings thing? I don't know, man. So I, my, my girls have never done the I'm not your friend thing and uh, that I've never even considered saying that to my parents growing up. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, not not Reverend and Stella Tay, no. But um, what our girls will say is, yeah, mommy's my favorite parent or daddy's my mm-hmm. favorite parent. That's where they go. <laughs> They'd be like, what? And um, what we lean into is we still love you. You know, and there's nothing yeah. you can do about it. And that, that that's just, and it's funny because Mallory and I have never uh, talked about it intentionally, but we both, that just ended up being our thing is, you know, regardless of what's happening, we love you and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, we just kind of leave it there. I, I, I oh, just real quick. I've already, I'm already like, you know, I've already landed that I'm going to mess up. Some things ain't gonna be right, and I'm just gonna pay for their therapy. There it is. So, yeah. Yep. Harris, let me ask you this: Do you think that you would have the same response? And I guess this is kind of along the lines of the show: if you and Mallory weren't in the same household. Oh, you know, because Ooh, you, I, see, uh-huh. I, I see what you, uh-huh. I see what you doing. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that is. Oh. That is <laughs> prerequisite. But um it could, it could definitely well I would hopefully if Mallory and I weren't together, we would still have a relationship where we're talking and it's like, sure. you know, hey, this happened. You know, and hopefully we would have the type of relationship where um, to whatever extent we could control that that love piece wasn't um, it wasn't something that we we used as a manipulation tool. So I would talk to Mallory and I would say, hey, you know, this is what happened. I probably would have said the same thing, but I'd be wondering, did that come from somewhere else? Got it. Got it. Valid, very valid. Yeah. yeah. What about so, you, man? Um, D, I'm good, man. I'm 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 a one or a two. Uh, I had a very interesting conversation. I was in a, a text conversation. That was a follow up to a, a conversation that I had with uh, Tamika's boyfriend, mm-hmm. Tamika being Ella's mom. Uh-huh. Um, we had a conversation. You know, this is just as a reminder. We broke up during Ella's first year of life. And so we had a conversation where we said, if there's ever going to be somebody significant in your life and they're going to be around Ella, the we would introduce the other parent to them. 
And so the first time um, I introduced, I, I told her, I said, hey, you know, I want to introduce you to my girlfriend. She was like, I don't want to meet her. I don't want to see her. I don't want to hear about. Her. I was like, okay, so this is too soon, got it. Um, but some some time has passed, and um, she and uh, the guy in her life are getting more serious. And so he and I had a conversation, and um, the whole conversation was about how he can make Ella feel more comfortable when she and Tamika are in his home. Oh. And I, I really, really was appreciative of the conversation. Um, I initiated it, but he was he was completely open. Um, and and so this morning, um, we just we just shot each other a quick texts, um, just in appreciation of each other. He's he's a father too, and um, you know, respecting the fact that you know this is a man who's spent a significant time around my daughter. And it's good to know that we are on the same page and that we can communicate about that page. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I'm in a very good space. You know, when, when our kids are well taken care of, then, then we tend to be better. Right. Um, so I'm doing well. So what allows for that interaction to be minus pride, to be minus um, anxiety? Like, how are you able to have that conversation? So one of the things that I think is a challenge for, for anybody to, to, to overcome who's in a co-parenting situation, you have to recognize that when you are not there, you are not like your role is diminished, mm-hmm. right? Like, like now, I'm still her father wherever she goes, but I don't have say over what she does in her mother's home. Now, thankfully, her mother and I communicate and the things that she do that she does in her mother's home are are aligned with the things that she does in in my home. But my boundaries don't automatically stretch. Right. You know, I could put her on punishment. Her mom could be like, go in there and watch TV. Mm-hmm. Um any if it operates differently, it's out of mutual respect. So so understanding that before I have that conversation that, that what I am doing is I'm requesting this. Like I'm not calling this dude to tell him how Ella is going to be treated in his home yeah. because it's his home. And really I can't enforce it, you know? And if I try to enforce it, 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 it looks way different. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it becomes posturing, it becomes ego filled. And so, um, you know, so to start that conversation be, it was, it was, hey, you know. Oh, also, I, I think there's also has to be some clarity in terms of of where everybody is. You know, if he thought that I was trying to get with his lady, if if I felt like he was trying to do something, um, you know, trying to replace me or or was disrespecting my child, then that would put us all in different footing. But you know, the clarity is. My kid is going to be at your house more and more frequently. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out a way for it to be valuable time for all parties involved. So what advice would you give to a dad that may be experiencing that point of my kid is going to be spending more time at you know his house? How do I like what advice would you give? So. You know, and, and, and one, respecting that everybody's situation is different. Um, but I would always reach out. I, I have a, 
<laughs> Ella's godfather. Um, he recently got remarried. And this is this is a dude who might be 60. Okay. Um, recently got remarried to a woman who has adult children. He reached out to their father. They, them people ain't been together for 20 years, mm-hmm. but he just wanted to say, hey, I will treat your kids like my kids. They'll never be disrespected. And you are welcome. Um, you know, if, if you choose to be and do do wasn't really trying to hear from him, but, but it was important that he reached out that way. And, and so I'm always, you know, one of the things that I just carry with me is wherever my daughter is, I am, you know, um, I tell that to teachers, I tell that to coaches, I tell that to, you know, ballet instructors. And so I'm not saying that I'm going to be all up in this dude's home, but I want to communicate openly with the dude. I want to talk to him. I want to meet him. Um, not because my opinion of him matters, but because I want him to understand that this is a piece of me. Yeah. You know, um, this intentionality and, there. Yeah. 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 You know, and there's, there's no threat or there's nothing implied, but, but there is expectation. Yeah. So that's dope though. <clears throat> I commend you. I really well, do commend you. Cause I think that we need to openly be able to have conversations as it, relates to the people that will be in the orbits of our children, whether they are significant others, whether they are adults or coaches. Um, I really commend you just for taking the initiative because a lot of times the initiative is actually put upon you because you got to do something because something was done. But I like how you're paying it forward. Yeah. I mean, and, and my thing is if we have this preemptive understanding, then then that other stuff on the other end is is less necessary yeah, because I'm also having conversations with Ellie. Sure. Like, yo, mm-hmm. if you're not comfortable with this dude, have a conversation with me. Yeah. Is it that you don't feel safe or you don't like him because he's dating mommy? If you tell me he doesn't feel safe, then that That's conversation goes down a different way. But if it's you just don't like him because his dad his his beard ain't juicy like daddy's beard, then well, you know nobody's perfect. Uh-huh. Did you just say juicy uh-huh. and beard? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm moisturizing my beard more these days. Okay, but the, right along. Enough about uh, okay, me. Thank enough you. About <laughs> me. <laughs> Dad's beard like, moisturizer. See the Don, his beard is juicy. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. I'm not just kissed by nature, dude. This is intentional. We're talking about intentionality. Yes. And this is just another example. Uh-huh. Who's your rap name again? Uh, Halloween nope. circa. Uh, we like, oh, oh, MC Marcel Marceau. Wait, wait, wait. Did you see how he, silent, he was right? like, no, and did he was like, wait, wait, I get to say this again? He flexed. He flexed. Oh, he flexed. Listen, weren't you, this, weren't you this, a silent mime? This is this is about doing the work. And, and I, he asked me a question. I want to lean into it. I told y'all my my debut album was y'all don't hear me though. I was a rapping mime. MC Marcy, Marcy, Marcy Playground. MC, so, okay. A, a bit of a diversion. Marcel Marceau is a famous French mime. My rap name was MC Marcel Marceau Fly. See that? There's levels to this. No, it ain't. Ain't no, yes. you are in yes. the basement, Jack. Like, Listen, Yo, if we were going to Halloween party when we was in college and you came out looking like that, I would have been like, hey, you know what? My night is over, y'all. I'm going home. Why are why you, you dwelling on old things, though? I can't, I'm just saying. I, listen, this is, this is repressed trauma. I need to get this out. <laughs> you know, this is a sad day when I'm the one trying to reel us back in. <laughs> hey, y'all don't hear me, though. Hey, the empath. I appreciate it, empath. Get us right. Well, on that note, Brother Brian... <laughs> All right, yeah, so we got the. Let's see you smooth that transition. Yeah, right. Tell me about it. So, so here's the question of the week. 
I got two questions I'm going to give y'all. Okay, one is just, we've never done two, number one. And the other is, I just really just kind of just want y'all opinion because it's based in a conversation that I had. So here's the first one. First one is real easy. Favorite Denzel Washington movie? Fallen. Ooh. Fallen was good. Ooh. I was not expecting that. So I really like the Mighty Quinn. I don't think I've seen that one. I don't one. think I've seen that one. I, he was like a, I want to I don't know if he was Caribbean or if it was just set in the Caribbean. I just know the woman was super bad and they were looking for fake $10,000 bills. Didn't, didn't, didn't we, didn't we say Denzel? Uh <laughs> Okay. Hey, all right, cool. Denzel, the Mighty Quinn. Check it out. The Mighty Quinn. Are you sure that wasn't out of time with him and uh Eva Mendez? That's what I oh, thought he was talking about. So that's that's a different movie. And while that wasn't my favorite, that scene with Eva Mendez walking through the walking down the hall with the cigarette smoke is my favorite scene in any movie ever. Oh. Interesting. Okay. I, I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. It has nothing to do with fatherhood, <laughs> but Eva Mendez walking through the, the down the hall with the cigarette smoke. Actually, I think that amazing. we just need to have a Dad James movie episode. I really do. Yeah. Because I want to go a little bit deeper, but I don't think that we don't have a parent advisory sticker on our... Uh, <laughs> I don't. What kind of right, movies so you talking about? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the down like, bruh, I, I don't know if we should have that, but anyways. <laughs> it was good. My uh, my favorite one is um, Mo Better Blues. That's, that's I, my I second that. favorite. I, lo- I love him in that. All right, yes. so so that was just that. I one. didn't like that. You, you didn't, didn't like, like it. All right, wait, wait. I am interested no, why that's your favorite. Nah, uh, no, no, nah, I say the content for the next show. Uh, okay. I love that movie. And I'll just say that movie hurt my feelings. No, that's why I didn't stop like it. it. It's good content that we're giving out. All right. All right. Ask, all right. What's, what's question number two? All right. So here is the transition. So we'll get into the topic very shortly. But other than your parents, who else has played a significant role in co-parenting you as individuals? Besides your parents, who else has played a very significant role other than your parents? So I'll, I'll jump in. Because this is straightforward for me. Um, everybody who knows me knows that I'm very, very close to my grandmother. She passed now. Um, but a lot of my life's lessons are directly related um, to my grandmother. But that's not who I'm going to say. Um, I have an aunt named Mimi. And um, she is the stereotypical not married aunt or uncle. You know, they come over. They're the fun one. Yeah. They got they got bad habits that your parents are like, no, nah, no, nah, don't don't say what that person <laughs> said. Don't do what that person did. But they're but they're a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I attribute directly to my aunt Mimi is I, I consider myself a gentleman. Um, it was very big for her mm. to be that person to say. You walk on the outside. This is why you walk on the outside. You open the door for your mother. You know, because her thing was, you're going to be a gentleman, but you're going to practice on your mother. Mm. So Uh this is this is how you treat your mother. And then when you start dating, and then when you have daughters, then you will treat them that way. And because my mother, that's good. I like that. Yeah, my mother was really practical. You know, she was just about do the work, do the work, do the work, be a decent person. My my grandmother was get stuff done. 
and and be fair. Yeah. But but my aunt Mimi, it was very important for her for whatever reason, probably because she was dating. Yeah. You know, um, this is how you treat women. But but in the meantime, until <laughs> you get a girlfriend, you practice on your mother. And, and so um, I appreciate her for that. And I you know I don't know if she knows. Um, how much I appreciate her for that or that I attribute that to her, but it's, it's facts. I'm I'm actually pumping my fist right now because you did exactly what I wanted you to do. And that was to give out the flowers, right? Mm -hmm. Shout out to, uh, is it aunt Mimi or auntie Mimi? Uh, I call her Mimi now, but aunt, auntie Mimi. That's cool. That's what's up. That's what's up. What about you, Harris? Man, you know, I'm West African and Panamanian, man. It's not one person. Man, listen, I'm afraid to get started, but there's there's something that I wanna put like this. This was gonna be sibling edition. Uh and the reason why I say that I'm the youngest of eleven. Um, so there's like a ten year gap between me and my older siblings. Like ten ten and more. Ten and more. So in a lot of ways I always say that my siblings are like my American parents. And what I mean by that is, you know, with my parent, with, with us being first generation, the way that my mom and dad raised us was very, you know, reminiscent of how things were done in Panama, how things were done in Ghana. My siblings, you know, haven't been around. They're the ones who are out here like, this is how you function in America. Because my, my parents just didn't get it. <laughs> they just didn't get it. So shout out to Ernest. Uh, Ernest, he was, you know, my, my eldest brother on my mom's side. Ernest, he out here just, um, he was all about health. He was the one who was, made me really health conscious. Edie, my sister on my mom's side, she was the one who just was the, the cool sister. Like, look, this is how you be cool. Don't don't say that. Dress like this. You know, she was the one who said I could live with her over the summer so I could go to theater camp. Um, Don and John. Growing up in the summers, I stayed with them in Baltimore when, you know, like the, the gang violence was getting real high. Uh, Don and John, y'all took me in for summers. I know I ate y'all out of house and home. Uh, John taught me how to lay carpet because he said every man needs to have a trade. Uh, and then Manuel and Sonia. Uh, so that's my brother Manuel and his wife Sonia. Uh, same thing. He laid carpet as well. Uh, he was the one who told me to, to iron my underwear. Uh, he was like... <laughs> Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like, yo, you got to take care of yourself on the outside, but on the inside, too. Uh, and so, you know, man, you. <laughs> inside. Oh, uh, I mean, probiotics, activity, yogurt. Hey, listen, all of the above, man. He was, a, he was with, the help. With or without starch? With. Yeah. And then, with starch. And, yes. <laughs> And then you put them on all hot and stuff. Man, listen, Man, listen, listen, listen. So, yeah, um, sibling edition, yeah, just quick shout out to Lori and Song, um, to Inez, um, Man, Eugene, God like a, bless his soul, uh, courage. So, I mean, you know, God forbid I missed This is anybody. like the Source Awards. All I want to say is, like, this is like the Source Awards. It's just like when you get up there, we're like, I want to thank everybody on my back. I want to thank know, Pookie, PT, head up down. Like, oh, bro. Look, I said this is just sibling edition. You look, we ain't talking about cousins. No, we would just edit all the rest of it out because yeah. <laughs> we know yo, your family. I hope he huge. calls you. I hope he listens to this episode, calls you, and was like, yo, I was just playing about that. I wasn't really yeah. serious about the, the starting of your draw. Man, okay. no, listen. 
He was like, this how you do it, man. Shoot. Yeah. Okay. I love it. All right. Keep hey, asking that question, man. I don't think I've ever... You married... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you've been married for 10 years. Clearly, you're doing something right. So, <laughs> you know... It's true. I mean, the village... We don't talk about that. All this stuff is going to come out with, the, with, with what's going on today. So, let's move forward. Glad you appreciated the questions, fellas. Did you answer? Glad you appreciated it. I ain't no. got to. <laughs> Today's show was about no, because nah. um, Brian's people don't need no flowers. What we yeah. doing? Huh? Dang, why you put it out there like that? I'm gonna get some doggone text messages. Right. This episode. No, real talk. Listen, I learned about how to be a godparent from the quintessential models of Francine and my. I call him Dub, um, my godfather. Um, that family with all the. The siblings, so Walter Jr., Angie, and Freddie, their kids. I thought that they were my real family growing up. Like, I just thought that a godfather was like my dad's brother because everything that I did at their house, I was able to do at my house. But, you know, even till this day, whenever I'm back in Milwaukee, I just know I could stop by and just hang out, get a nice meal, get some advice. And, you know, I got a whooping over there once because they told me not to do something. And I did it. I did it. And I got a whooping of all whoopings. And I went home to get some relief. And then I got another whooping at home. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so uh, that was confirmed at eight years old uh, that they were definitely, uh, you know, people that I had to make sure I was in, 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 in line for. But yeah, I, a big shout out to the Oglesby's back up in, uh, in Milwaukee. Cause I try to model how, you know, I'm a godparent um, based on what they were able to do for me. So glad you guys leaned in, in this question. Appreciate yeah. that. It's a good question. Good question. Thanks. So with that. So today's episode. Oh, go ahead, Harris. <laughs> go ahead, Harris. You still got more family members. I want to shout out uh, <laughs> Uncle Nip Nip. Lest we, lest we not forget. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my bad. Okay, go ahead, d It threw me You're off, right, man. man. It threw me You're off. Right. I threw you off with what? Breathing? Yeah. <laughs> you did your. I'm about to stop. Go okay. ahead, man. Go, go, go. Um, so today's episode, um, we are talking about the concept of co-parenting and, and really take some time to spend, to spend some energy and some thought on the word and, and in what it means. And so I'm excited about it. Um, I think that we don't put a lot of thought into the word that we use when we talk about co-parenting and, and what it means and what it entails. And so I'm happy to explore it today with you guys. So I'm looking forward to jumping into it. Nice, nice, nice. I tell you, I struggled with just trying to understand the concept of co-parenting. And I really think that before we kind of lean in from both of y'all's perspectives, I would just love for you to level set what, do you consider, or if someone asked you, what does co-parenting mean to you? What would you say? So I would say uh, parenting. So, all right, before, you know, this conversation, before we, we, we were 
really getting into it. Uh, I probably would have said something along the lines of, you know, parenting apart or, you know, after divorce or separation. That 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 would have been my like initial. Oh, that's kind of the official uh, definition. But um, I, I don't want to go into what it has evolved into just yet. So I'm I'm gonna leave it there. Okay. For me, co-parenting is a signal. Um, I, I don't I don't think. It, it doesn't have an internal value to me. It has an external value. And, and I'll give you an example of how it, of how it operates. If we go to back to school night, um, we being Tamika and I as Ella's parents, we would communicate to the teacher that we're co-parents. And what that means is communication to one is just communication to one. And so that if Ella's having a challenge, the expectation is to send that communication out both ways. If there's a family folder that goes home with one, with, with Ella or something that needs to be magneted, magneted to the fridge, the expectation is that you send two home because this child lives in two different homes. And so, um, that's the signal that it sends. Um, but in, in terms of much else, um, I think it depends on the user. Um, and, and, and so that, that's how I've used it. How about you, B? When you haven't lived in that space, you take pieces and co-opt a, an idea or a definition. I always thought by default, co-parenting had to include parents that were separated at some point for some reason. Same. Um, and, and not just separated by way of, of, of divorce, but separated by way of distance, separate, you know, by way of time, like a number of things. And so I just essentially just kind of broke down the definition of saying parents focused on the child, but they're not in a union. They're not together. So that's, that's what I thought. But ideating with all of you in prep for this show, more doors began to open up to see the expansion of what the definition of co-parenting actually is. So, you know, good, D. No, no, you, you got it. So, you know, many definitions of co-parenting, you know, it identifies separation as like one of the core the core terms uh but not separation all. by way of divorce or separation by way of well like just i'm just right now i'm just using the term separation you okay, know okay, I, okay, okay. yeah <clears throat> so you know like with that in mind just thinking separation you know what are some of the modern causes of parental separation and what what are some what are some modern causes of parental separation how does that change how we see co-parenting and I'll, I'll give just a quick short example when Mallory and I first got married you know we were distanced we were we were tele, we were uh, I think they call it like uh, it was a telemarriage like for about a year we lived in different states we were separated. You know, if we had children, you know, could that be considered a co-parenting situation, even though we're still together in um, in a relationship and marriage? That's valid. That's valid. So, so yeah. So, so let me 
let me take a step back before I go forward in the question. I asked my mom what the, what she thought of when she heard the term co-parenting. And, you know, this is reminding you that, you know, I was raised by a single parent. She said, oh, it means the dad's in the picture. And, and so I was like, huh. Because usually, and this is her her talking, not not what I what I think. She's like, usually there was either the parent the kids are together or there's a divorce, but even in a divorce, sometimes the mom just got the kids. And so there was always a father. But co-parenting was signaling, hey, he's in the picture. Um so I just I just wanted to share that um as we as we build on on what this thing means. Um to to answer your hypo um Harris I think to, well to me co-parenting signals a shared authority so if you guys are apart and whoever has the girls is is reaching out to the other and their and their their insight and their input is then then yeah I mean but if let's say Mallory was in the service and she went you know, she, she got deployed. deployed somewhere mm-hmm. and, you know, I wouldn't, who knows how that would operate. But if she's like, yo, you got these girls, I'm going to, you know, to protect Uncle Sam. I expect you to hold it down. That's co-parenting. I wouldn't call, but I don't, I don't know if I would call that co-parenting because the authority is all in one person. See, and- but, but, but is it though, right? Because you can't operate in parenting without well, I mean, perhaps this is this is because I am thinking of being married. Sure. But you can't operate. I can't operate without the idea and concept of does this align with the parental and home base, meaning FISA, as I engage with Nazar or, or Sadia. Like when FISA leaves, I ain't gonna all of a sudden start sitting there like going Joe Clark on the kids. You know, and so I I also wonder too, does co-parenting vary in its definition and understanding by way of the individual? It has to. Yeah. So so like 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 every other aspect of parenting and, and marriage uh, and, and relationships. So I'm glad you answered it that way, because here's my follow-up question. D, you've talked to us about the influence that Bobby has had as being a hundred percent of the parent that you know. Sure. If your dad sent birthday money uh-huh. every birthday. Does that make him a co-parent? So, and if I'm touching <laughs> on a subject that's too- no, 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 okay. no, 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 okay. because this is actually this is a, this is actually a, an actual story. Okay. My father one year sent an envelope full of checks. Okay, right, twelve checks. Oh. Um, $25 a month and, and for my birthday month, uh, $50 and they were for me to, for, for me. Right. And, and I, he sent it to me. My mother gave it to me. She showed it to me. And so I, I distinctly remember going to my mother every month and she would give me $25, you know, give me the money that my father gave me. Cause you know, kids want something that's theirs. They, they, you know, they're real wild how they talk about it. Yeah. And every month she would give me the money. And, you know, my father said that this money is for me. He sent it for me. And she did that. What she told me years later is that those checks started bouncing the second month. Uh, okay. 
But what she did was she continued to give me the money that she didn't have. But, but so, so I would say no, um, because everything that happened there was, was with her purview. Okay. You know, she, she gave, she didn't have to give me the letter. Um, she gave me the checks and then, and she basically was the guarantor of the checks, even when they were no good. Um, and and I didn't know until I was an adult, you know? Um, so I, I don't think so. You know, I think even when, when there is child support, that child support don't come with instructions. That child support comes with the understanding that this child needs money to live and exist and to thrive. And this is what you're required to pay. Yeah. But you can't say this is for, you know, Levi's not guests. This is for, you know, Jordan's not pro wings. That other parent gets to do what they Ooh, want with pro that. wings. Hey, listen. Yeah, you old, old school. Wow. Yeah. So I'm sorry to take the long way around, but I wanted to give you context to my answer. No, I, I appreciate that. And I also appreciate, too, sometimes the expansion of, of an idea has to be based in being open to what other people have experienced with that same idea, right? Sure. And, you know, again, by way of definition, I don't think that we could just live in a space of thinking as co-parenting as parents that are separated, still raising a child. Because it actually kind of gets into the question of the week where can, by new definition, other adults, coaches, mentors be involved in the process as co-parenting or does parent mean that this is my, my child, like, like my biological child? So, so parenting comes with authority, mm-hmm. right? You know, my grandmother was, was very, very pivotal in, in my raising, but she did not take any of my mother's authority. Um, it was always clear, right? And because she was a grandmother, grandmothers, grandparents have their own yes. lane. Agreed. I come over, I spoil these kids how I want to, and I leave when I feel like it, <laughs> you know? Um, or, you know, your kid is safe here. Your kid has a room here, whatever that extension of the relationship is. But, but, and the reason why this co-parenting question is so important, because I think we should also consider the converse. There are a lot of single parents who are married. Mm-hmm. Right. There are a lot of households where there are two parents under the roof, but only one person is doing the work of raising that child. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not even suggesting that that's wrong because innate in co-parenting is redundancy. Right. Tamika has a whole life for Ella at her home. Mm-hmm. I have a whole life for Ella at my home. If we were under the same roof, much of that stuff would have to go by the wayside. You can't have two beds, right? You can't have all of this stuff and all of that other stuff. So, I mean, I don't know if if married couples should think of themselves as co-parents or maybe they are a different type of co-parents. But um, I, I think that notion of shared authority and raising a child is appropriate to exist under the same household and or in as many different households as a child finds themselves. I um I feel like that leans. It, it's funny because so many of these questions, these answers, kind of touch on. Um, you know, there's one that we have in here. It says, you know, um, you know, who who have been your co-parents, and why would you give them that title? 
Right. And the, the reason why I went ahead and just asked that question is because of what you just said about that, um, that uh, authority figure piece. Because especially coming from a culture that's very hierarchical, you know, uh, we, we live with my mom. Right. So, you know, my mom has a role as, as, as a parental figure with my children. Um, and when we raise our kids, it's not we don't do it in a vacuum. Like me, my mom and Mallory, we sit down and we, we talk. And, you know, if there's a concept that, um, you know, I may believe something, uh, give an example. Yeah. Religion and philosophy major. So some of my, uh, so, some of how I, I believe my beliefs may be a little bit more nuanced than others. Um, so, we were talking just about like salvation and say salvation. I think I can't even remember salvation of the devil, one or the other. And I made a real nuanced comment and my wife and, and my mom really disagreed. So the three of us got together and we decided that we would, um, you know, figure it out together so we could say something to the children that was, that would get rid of that conflict, you know? So, for me, it's that intentionality uh, as an authority figure. I, <clears throat> I again, I'm just still struggling because. So, so let's talk about it. What are you struggling with, B? I think we are all co-parenting. Like I think. And 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 I feel that when my mother-in-law has insight on Nas and Sadia, that she is supporting with parenting. That's co-parenting. When my mom, you know, talks about putting money to the side for for Nas so that he, you know, his future. Dot 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 dot. That's also essentially co-parenting as well. And and. And so, again, I don't think that by traditional standards, but here, here's a question for you. When someone says co-parenting, is there a negative ideology around its meaning? I would say when people say co-parenting, I think the first thing they think of psychologically is custody. Like, oh, okay, yeah. I think I think they kind of think of it from like a very, excuse me, a very like, I guess you could say, uh, what do you call it? A very Western legalized perspective of, you know, I had the child, you had the child, as opposed to I feel like co-parenting is more of a colloquialism, as opposed to when people think like sole custody, you know, uh, primary physical custody, like who the child is primarily staying with mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. so I, I i feel like that's where people mind goes but like what if it's a situation where it's like an ethical non-monogamy scenario you know like, where yeah, you taking it there you taking it there yeah you know it's like ethical non-monogamy spend some spend some time there yeah, okay, yeah. Go ahead. ethical non-monogamy is um it's the practice of taking part in a romantic relationship that are not completely exclusive between two people right um so 
if if that's the if no no one's thinking about co-parenting, you know, people that live that lifestyle, but like people don't go there, you know. I, so yeah, I think they're primarily thinking about a very legal, uh, a, a, a legal terminology when they hear co-parent. I think so. To to acknowledge the statement that you made, Harris, and, and to to respond directly to the question you asked, Brian. I think that challenge is because it's a poor word, right? It, it's it's been used to identify something, like it, to identify something that's not that it's not talking about. Co-parenting is talking about the relationship between the parents, mm-hmm. but it's not. But but the term implies the relationship between that person and their child, mm-hmm. right? I co-parent Ella, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I and would so say caregiver. Well, but a caregiver can be anybody, yeah. right? Care, oh. Caregiver can be the neighbor who I leave Ella with, who takes care of her. Yeah. Um, who, who just provides care. Like if we're just doing the, the basic words. Um, and, and so, B, I think it's perfectly fine. In fact, it's probably good that, that you're having a challenge with it, right? And, and, um, and I want to be clear. It's not a challenge because I oppose no, no, any no, of the no, conversation no. that we are having, as much as I just want to make sure that folks understand like the complexities of this, right? Because here, here's another thought, not to cut you off, D, but but Harris, you kind of alluded to this too. And again, I'm trying to put some things together. I've often heard of co-parenting only referred to when black people or parents of color are are engaging. Like I've never heard oh. co-parenting as it relates to white people talking about their situation, if they're separated, raising children. Um, and that's not, that's not neither here nor there, but I also want to make sure that we're not taking a word that does not have, that shouldn't be negative and using that to classify a group of people that are showing love for their kid that are devoted and committed to their children as well. So the, the point I was making, it's, I think it's okay that you have a challenge with it because this is a circumstance that you that you're not familiar with, mm-hmm. right? It's it's not how you're raising Sadia and Nas. Yeah. It's not how you were raised, so it's foreign to you, yeah. right? Um, intimately foreign. Yeah. You were a teacher, so you saw all kinds of different households, yeah. and, and so yeah, that it's cool not to to know how the operation works. It sounds like your relationship with your in laws and your relationship with with your mom are are an extension yeah. of of the philosophies that, that you and Pfizer have for your household. That's yeah. dope. Yeah. I got friends whose mom comes over and says, you know, I laid you on your stomach and it, you didn't die. So I'm not going to put your child on the back. Like they, yeah. they had those battles. Yeah. Right. And and so that grandmother, all the love is there. Yeah. There may not be an extension of the, of the, the familial philosophy. And, and so, I think it's fine. I think people will define it how they how they do. Like Harris was saying, people think about things that are based in their their circle of of, of experiences. Um, I don't take offense to it because I don't care, right? Like I genuinely can't be caught. Society doesn't might suggest that that my role as a father is X or Y or Z, you know. And and if I lived in a household with with Ella's mother, my role might be um, diminished. You know, you do these things, I'll do these things, we meet in the middle. But um, I like that the idea of being 100% equipped to deal with everything that my daughter needs. Now, I might not do it as well 
as her mother. There's some conversations that might go better between mother and daughter than mother and father. Um, but I'm all in. And so how somebody else sees that is less important to me because I, I, at least I hope that Ella feels the work that's going in. That makes sense. And, and so, because, because there are people who will say stuff, you know, that there are people who, you know, I remember shortly after Ella was born, I, I lost my job and, um, one of her mother's friends said, Oh, so you a stay at home dad now. Right. That's not what that means. I just mean, but I ain't got no job. Right. So like, there were people who will use all kinds of things um, for you and against you. Um, and, and maybe she was just making a joke in minute in, 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 in good humor. It, it landed wrong. Yeah. You know? um, and so I, I learned early that you can't really let other people's take on your parenting style um, impact you, particularly if your child is responding well to it. Taking, taking your approach be that that we're all co-parenting and i'm i think that's a great uh, a a great way of looking at it in the last year Mm -hmm. you know we've all gone through professional transitions at work Mm -hmm. um we had career changes started new jobs how has that change if at all impacted your parenting relationship and what conversations did you have along the way well one of the the questions that Faison had and i had was just like, who has the capacity to be able to show up when one of us is not able to? Meaning, the work intensity is picked up, the daycare intensity is picked up, the pandemic has like all of these things happen at different times. And so, how does one then find that additional energy? to continue to keep moving things forward within the house. What does that look like? What does that sound like? What does that feel like? When I'm ready to tap out, you know, how does one then step in to, to offer the support? Um, you know, that's been one of the conversations and we're still having that now. Like, I really do feel that we are, we are different parents today than we were at this time last year. Cause just like everybody else during the pandemic, we were just trying to survive. And, you know, we, we talked about, during our our parenting, during the pandemic, how essential having a set schedule was for the kids. That was Fiza's thinking because I was just trying to just stay float, just trying to figure it out as we were going. And Fiza was like, that's not the way we need to sit down and game plan. So a lot of it was how do we mobilize around working smarter instead of working harder? B, if I may, was it difficult? And, and I know these conversations are still going. Is it difficult as a man talking about your, your limits and, and saying, hey, I, I can't do this? That's a great question. Like that muscle hasn't fully developed yet. Right. Okay. That muscle hasn't fully developed yet. But it speaks when I'm distant. It speaks when I disconnect. It speaks when I shut down, we're in the, when we are in the midst of, of something. And I'm trying to figure out a way to be more of an advocate. But I tell you, it's hard for me to advocate for myself when it's just like, look, just figure it out. What's your plan? Be like, just try to keep everything on an even keel. It's not about you right now. Just figure it out. And I'm not saying that to, 
because I'm the strong or I'm noble or I'm this or I'm that. Sometimes I don't want conflict. Sometimes I don't do well when it's just like, listen, it's just water under the bridge for me. Just you'll be fine. I haven't figured that out yet because my model was my dad who was just like, I'll get over it. And so I have not figured that out. I would love to be able to, you know, dig develop some skills to be more of an advocate for for myself but yeah it's not a muscle that that's flat that's a flabby muscle jack <laughs> I, I appreciate you leaning into the question yeah. how about you harris so i don't think i really understood the question could you ask it again sure so in the, in the last year uh-huh. right, each of us has has undergone career changes uh-huh. and and so the the question that's the context the question is what if any impact has that professional transition had on your parenting relationship? And, and if so, what what conversations um, did you have along the way? So the biggest impact is, um, you know, my current job really required, my current job and, you know, like I said, I started my consulting business. It's requiring me to be stuck at the computer a whole lot more. You know, my, my, my last job, it was one of those uh, where, you know, just get the work done uh, and have more flexibility. Now, um, you know, there's an expectation to, you know, keep an eye on your email. So I'm, I'm at this computer and it's I, I find myself. I find myself telling my girls a whole lot more uh, that I'm not able to engage Um I find myself having to be very intentional and have like mechanisms like, you know, I'll when my girls come in and I can't, you know, I, I, I make it a point to let them know, you know, I, I value you and I value your, um, you know, your opinion, you know, I've, I, all of that. I let them know that I value them. And then, you know, I'm like, all right, so as soon as I can, I'll give you more. Um, so Mallory and I, have had to just be a lot more structured. Uh, it's also caused a lot more structure. Whereas, you know, I had mentioned before, we now do the morning prayers. Um, Mallory and I try to do a little walk together in the morning before that without the kids. Um, so in some ways it's made things better because the structure, um, you know, structure is always just healthy for children. Um, but in some ways I feel like I'm neglecting them more because, um, it's such a hard no, it's not, I'm not able to be as flexible as I was in the past. What about you, D? Hmm. So before I jump in, thanks Harris. I mean, that's, that's, that's hard to acknowledge. Um, for, for me, it has made me incredibly vulnerable because I, I've always operated as if I was Ella's safety net. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. And, and, and this is not to say that her mother operates the same way or does or doesn't or, or that I actually am or am not, but I've always operated as if the kid needs to get picked up from school. If there's an emergency, if there's an event, like that's, that's my go time. Um, in addition to, you know, the, the regular stuff. And so taking a job that is further geographically away 
has taken me out of the the geographical safe space that allows me to operate in that way at a moment's notice. And so what I've had to do is, is have conversations with uh, Tamika, you know, um, and, and with, you know, my community and um, in large part, godparents, um, Hey, this is where we are. This is what Ella's needs may be. Um, and so just a lot of hard conversations. Um, so far it's been fine. Um, I think the conversations are important anyway, you know, starting at the beginning of the year, what are the things we're looking forward to? What's this year going to be like? Um, what's your availability looking like this year? Um, so these are conversations that we already had, but it's even more important now. Um, if not operationally for my own, um, security, because I feel very, very vulnerable in my ability to parent, um, when I'm further away for the bulk of the day. That's so interesting that you say that because one thing that I've kind of been wrestling with is that I'm, I'm a hundred percent remote, right? I wake up, I work in the house, Me too. but, but there, but there is this sense of like burden that I place on myself because I'm like, while I'm at the house, I could be preparing dinner or prepping dinner. Right. So Thursday, made pot roast, but I started preparing it at nine o'clock in the morning. Then I start washing some clothes and I start, you know, did my work. Lunchtime came folding clothes while sending emails. Right. And it's like, am I doing too much? Am I overworking myself? A lot of this stuff will get done if I don't do it now. So I'm just, I, I'm struggling in this season because I am asking myself, why am I putting more on me than I may have to? And I don't have an answer for I'm right there with you, man. Um, you know, I'm also hundred percent remote and the it's, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because especially as fathers who, you know, I mean, we've shared stories amongst ourselves, but uh, there, there's a there's an intentionality about being seen as active hands mm-hmm. in in the household. And you know, I will like for me, it's, it's the bath thing. But I'm also an introvert, right? So after peopling all day, I need <laughs> right after work, yeah. I need like a moment, either it's a nap or something like that. And guess what? If if my nap is is too real, uh, I now miss I miss bath time, and yeah. uh, uh, Mallory's cool with it. But I know what it's like for me to be beating myself. She's over there like, dude, it's all good, and I'm like, nah, that was supposed to be my thing. Um, yeah. So I I just I I completely empathize with that. You know, oh, go ahead, B. No, I was going to say, and something else that's also scary for me now too is that, you know. The Pfizer's going back into the office. The responsibility is going to fall on me if the kids need to be picked up, right? Or if something happens at school, right? Because I'm available because I'm at home. And so it's just kind of battling. And a lot of that is anxiety. Yeah. Anxiety. Um, So I'm just trying to come to grips with don't start future thinking. 
to miss out on what is currently happening. So I just have to keep kind of telling myself that. D, what you about to say? So there's this the myth of availability. Uh-huh. Right? And 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 you know, conversely, the myth of inavailability. Just because you're home right. doesn't mean that you're available. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? And 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 conversely, That's just real. because I'm not home doesn't mean I'm not available. Yeah. That's real. And, and so I think if we you know, and I and I far be it from me to say who has it easier or worse. Yeah. There, there are there are certain benefits um to to all sorts of uh, parental circumstances, right? Like I got plenty of quiet time to listen to podcasts while I'm on while I'm on the freeway. Yeah. Um but I, I also use that time to connect with my mother. You know, I also use that time to check in with people. But um, you know, if I was home, I could use that hour that I would commute maybe to meal prep, mm-hmm. use that home to do 20 minutes of, of, Hey, you know, I'm gonna go in another room and have a 10 minute tickle fight between meetings, right? That can't happen now. Yeah. But what I can do is, is I can do a 10 minute video chat with Ella during the day, yeah. you know? Um, so, you know, we beat ourselves up. Uh, based on our circumstances, but technology really, really gives us an opportunity when we're away to to not be so far. Yeah. And 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 I think that we have to get over, and we can't let other people subscribe to that myth of our availability. Yeah. Because yes, I am here. No, I cannot help you. <laughs> yeah. And 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 that might sound cold, and that might sound cruel, but but it's the it's the reality of the situations that we live in. Um, but if we lean into that, we can find those things that we can do. I believe. Sure. So interesting. So Friday, Nas dropped a new album, King's Disease Two, and in one of the tracks, he says that beside his kids, one of his best. Um, how did he? How did he say it? One of the best things that he's done is set boundaries. Right. So he said, besides his kids, one of the best things that he's done was set boundaries. So he was just talking about himself as a professional. Um, and I'm trying to get better at setting boundaries. Right. And, you know, with work, they are 100 percent with family comes first. Right. That's the first for me. Right. Where before it was just like, look, I can't miss this meeting. I know you got a temperature, but we need to figure this out. But to be able to go into a space and it's just like, look, if you can't make this meeting because you got to go ahead and take your kids, like that's helping me understand that having boundaries as a parent and as a professional, that those can coexist. Um, but doesn't it feel like a trap? It does. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Until it ain't. Yeah. Until it ain't. Because I'm sitting there like, do you guys need a, can I, can I get a, a doctor's note just in case for the school? Like, no, nah, just for my file, just in case. <laughs> yeah. What ultimately do you feel like a child gains from being co-parented? I mean, we've talked about all these different ways to look at it. Um, Let's go with the gain part. You know, what does a child gain from being co-parented? I'll jump in quickly. Parenting is not meant to be a one-person job. Right. It certainly can be done. Um, it has been done with positive effect, but it is a many hands, hopefully, 
make easier work um, type of environment. I think in the ability to be fully present for, for other people, but also um, present for yourself, it, it requires time off um, or shared time. So even that time off can be while y'all are together. Um, so I think what, what children who are co-parented, no matter what the household situation looks like, um, what those children gain is fresher parents. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's funny that you said that because I was leaning towards... And added perspective, sorry. No, no, great, yeah. Uh, I was going to say uh, that I'm not a fan of this whole concept of the nuclear family, where we're supposed to be two parents uh, raising a child. Uh, you know, was it 2.5 parents and, you know, a dog and <laughs> a boy, girl, and dog? Fence. Right, all that. My... I, I personally believe that it was always supposed to be a village. You know, I, I, I have no um, scientific background on this, but, you know, when I think about all the uptick around, you know, postpartum depression, I have to wonder, is a lot of that built around the stress of a lot of mothers feeling like it's supposed to just be them? You know, um, a lot of people were shocked when they found out that my mom came to stay, you know, four weeks with us right when, you know, Anisia was born. And, it, you know, like, it's funny, the, my family was just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's as many hands as we can get around as possible because y'all need to sleep. Y'all need to, you know, y'all need to ABCDEFG. So the... Yeah, you know, for me the benefit is, you know, if you if you embrace the village, um, not just many hands make light work, but sanity, uh, peace of mind. And now some people might say all those people around my child actually is what's stressing me out. <laughs> but I would I would say that um, if you can lean into it, that um, the peace that can come with being able to share the load is exponentially um, helpful. And I'll just say quickly, we don't, as parents, we don't all operate and function the same. We don't say the same things. We don't have the same ideas, the same beliefs, or the same approaches to raising children. I want my kids to have a healthy balance. I want them to be able to see how mom does it, how I do it, how Nana and Nani and Nona does it, how Dadan and Harris how they do it, and then be able to pick up pieces to start to put into that future parental tool bag, right? Because the way that my father raised me is somewhat similar to what my godfather provided, somewhat similar to what my high school football coaches provided, but then they were also strikingly different. And I also think that it is important for the kids to be able to operate under being able to see what is a non-traditional gender role. And what I mean by that is, we've talked about this, Nas sees me cooking, but he also sees me loving on his mother, right? And so these are things that I feel builds up that foundation for them to say, this is something I should do because I've seen it, or I don't know, let me try it my own way. So that's what I think. Do you got that pondering look face? No, no, no. I think this is a good conversation, and I'm glad we had it. Um, yeah. I, 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 so, 
No, go ahead. Now I was going to ask, ask yeah. just an, another quick question. Sure. If we had a panel of parents that were co-parenting, what would they say that we're missing in this conversation? Or what do they say that we're getting wrong? And and this is just based on assumption. Sure. I don't. I think that we've expanded the definition okay. in a way that I've never heard it discussed. And I'm glad that that could be a takeaway. Perfect. Um, what they might say that we're missing are tips on the how, right? Like, uh, okay. Brian, you talk about you and Pfizer having conversations um, a lot. And I just don't think people are having as many proactive conversations right. about limits, about capacity, about what does this look like? Bro, sometimes you know, I want to be like, because I said so. Yeah. Yeah, they right? don't fly like, in this house, Jack. They don't, they don't. And so, yeah, now imagine two different households. Because I yeah. said so, uh-huh. so what? Right. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. That's why we ain't together right now. Right. <laughs> you know, um, oh, and so man. I, I, I think there's a lot of ego checking, yeah. um, particularly if we're talking about the type of co-parenting situation that most people are thinking about, which is two parents who are not under the same roof, who weren't able to make it work um, in a relationship. Yeah. Like, we, th- there's a lot of ego. Yeah. There's a lot of hurt feelings. There's a lot of questioning. Even Harris said it. I'd have to question if we weren't in the same household. What is there something going on over there? Him and Mallory are perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> but but where there's that absence of where the, not absence where there's that disconnect, mm-hmm. there there tends to be a questioning of motives, and it takes a while <laughs> to build that trust. Think about it. You're talking about building trust to to parent somebody when we didn't have the whatever it was to make a relationship work. That's valid. Right. So in in some ways, trust must have broken down, or at least there's the assumption that's that there was a breakdown. And now we have to build this other thing that is even more challenging. You made me think of this joke. And when you said, because I said, so and just like, I don't care what you said. When Dave Chappelle on one of his comedy Netflix skits was like, Jay-Z has F you money. But Beyonce is just like, no, F you. So I thought that yeah. was that was because in each household is different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and that's another reason why going back to your point, D, the kids gain perspective and they also gain the ability to discern whether or not something is working for that family because it ultimately impacts them. And, and let me just say this real quick. If we're talking about that traditional use of the word co-parenting. What a child can gain is the the knowledge that, okay, this relationship didn't work out, but I see these two people working together, right? My yeah. my father has shown me how to respect my mother, even though he's not with her. My mm-hmm. mother has shown me how to partner with someone else, even if the relationship didn't work. Yeah. Like that, that, and, and how to, you know, make sure that, that my boundaries are respected. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And that's, that is the thing that we want That's all of win. our children That's to, win. To, to to get, no matter what kind of way they're, they're, yeah. they're raised. Harris, I cut I you off. I'm sorry. I am a product of um, parents who were very intentional about co-parenting, uh, at least by the time I got around. I'm the youngest, and both of my parents 
were um, divorcees, right? So because of their intentionality around being in their kids' lives that, you know, somewhere in other countries, you know, um, other states, if, if, if my parents weren't intentional about, about all of us being in each other's lives, uh, my answer earlier would have been a whole lot different. Uh, but it does make me wonder, you know, what my siblings would say based off of their experience with my father and my mother, you know. And um, so I just I'm grateful for this discussion mm-hmm. uh, because it's just it, it really lets me know what the fruit of it, because a lot of this discussion was basically about being in it it being a present thing. But when it's done, when it's done well, there's a lot that a a child can understand about the abundance of love. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's all you want. Yeah. That's all you want. For sure. That's what's up. Fellas, what are you looking forward to? Or what's inspiring you? August 18th. That's 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 our wedding anniversary. Mm, so uh, that's uh, this uh, coming uh, Wednesday, and uh, we married y'all. We grown y'all. So, quick, quick question, Harris: Did you cry at your wedding? You know he did. Huh? Um, your mic broke out right when you was about to tell that lie. Go ahead, say it again. I'm not a big crier, man. If um, did you cry on Beauty and the Beast? That's what we heard. Are you funny? I did cry. At, um, <laughs> What was that movie, man? With the feelings, that, 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 I shed a tear when Bing Bong died. Oh, the, uh, the, an- the animation joint. Yeah. Oh my God. I know, oh. I know you talk about. I know you talk about. But um, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't be like I didn't cry at my wedding, but I cried at this Disney movie. Do not end on that. Note. I didn't even catch that. I'm sitting here supporting the right You know, Mallory's the same way. Like we don't cry at the points where people be like, "That's when you cry." Like we don't. You know, we always be crying at something crazy. Bro, I cried at my wedding. To the point that snot was coming out my nose. Aww. It was a mess. Oh, it's beautiful. It, yeah, no, and I'm not being sarcastic either. Like I, I think it's. Be- I know for me, it, I was raised where just crying was met with so much negativity. So when I can cry, I'm like, oh, look at this, look at this. Uh, so when I see that brothers are crying, it just I find it beautiful, man. I wanted to cry at my wedding, and I tried. I really did. I did. I, but, see, but, but no, real talk. Not. I mean, real talk. Not funny though. Y'all know that. You know, my dad had passed. You know, prior to the wedding. So we had a chair in the front row, draped in flowers with his picture on it. And so I was. I was out of tears. That's rough. Yeah. Like I was out of tears. But I think what. But to. To support that, it was sheer jubilation because it was a celebration. Yeah. And I don't think that I would have been able to experience. Exactly. I don't think that I would have been able to experience the true celebratory nature of the wedding if it was all of these emotions wrapped into one. So I think what I lost, I gained in God's presence being able to say, I want you to have no reservations about any of this and take it all in because I took so much out of you. So real talk. I wanted to, I saw the videos and I was trying and ain't nothing come out. And I was just like, man, something is wrong. I'm cold. 
I'm cold. You was just spent. <laughs> yeah, I was spent. I was spent. So, yeah, shout out to Pfizer because, again, she held it down for the whole process, man. But What you looking forward to, B? You know, Nas is uh, is swimming again. Um, <sighs> you know, we're going to be taking him to um, swim lessons, which, which I'm really excited about. And uh, I've been thinking about water polo, man. Like, I have really been thinking about expanding this kid's horizon with sports that his dad has um, no 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 experience in, and that is so exciting for me because uh, when you grow up in the Midwest, it's Midwestern sports. But having talked to you and, and watched the Olympics, I'm like, that's a dope sport. Like everything about water polo is is so exciting to me. And like I said before, the new Nas album came out and there have been just there's been a journey of just listening to a number of the songs and just picking out some nuances um, just about life, love, parenting, um, husbanding, like all of these different things um, that I don't think I would have been able to receive if I wasn't in this life stage. Fun fact, y'all, please go and listen to uh, Nobody, uh, the track with Miss Lauren Hill, uh, because there's a particular part where Miss Lauren Hill tells everybody um, that, listen, she's just going to be late to her shows because she is saving people. Dedan, what do you have to say about that? Yo, she was at least an hour, (laughs) maybe 90 minutes late. I was like, yo... And when I heard that song, I was offended because I felt like, I'm like, yo, you're just going around the country, going around the world, world. being hella yeah. late yeah. and not caring, talking about, yeah, I was saving souls. Mm-hmm. That's not what you were doing. <laughs> that's not what you, that's not why you late. All I'm going to say uh, is this. If she was performing in Ghana, we'd be cool. Why? 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 What? We'd be cool. Get there when you get there, right? Just is what it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> pay what you pay when I pay. How about that? <laughs> My young so friends. That's, that's, that's what's giving me uh giving giving me inspiration. So I'm um, I'm I'm excited about that. So what that's about you? Eight so, sound. So, well, Harris gave his. I'm. Oh give my bad. Mine. I was listening. Oh, uh, this is a, a great season. I'm, my bad. I'm I'm really excited um, about all the new fathers um, in, shout in my out. orbit. Uh, shout out to our boy Carlton yes. who came on yeah. for the, uh, the Father's Day roundtable. His his beautiful baby girl was born. Um, my God, brother Cameron. Yeah. Um, you know his his child was just born. Um, my guy Kofi. Um, my friends Maria and Jesse just had just had a baby. Like this this season is. It's just full with with new life, and I'm and I'm excited about it. But yeah. um, one of the things that I came across this week randomly um, was a letter that w, the W. E. D. Du Bois sent to his 14 year old daughter uh, when she went off to to school, and it was just filled with love and and good advice. I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but it's it's so funny that you know this notion of a girl dad is a a fairly new thing um and but just this reminder that in 1914 that there was this black man who was loving loving his daughter who was expressing it putting it into words and and making sure that she knew and understood it and um 
I just want to read one, one short part. It says, remember that most folk laugh at anything unusual, whether it's beautiful, fine, or not. You, however, must not laugh at yourself. I just love the fact that he was pouring in a love so of self. So relevant. You know, and, and this is in, you know, 1914. So um, it's just a reminder that we've always been here. Um, we will always be here. And, and not to let how others see us um, impact how we see ourselves. Yeah, 100%. So, it's beautiful. On that note, this has been the Dad Jeans Podcast. This has been our conversation on exploring and expanding uh, the definition of co-parenting. Uh, we are thankful for all of those who follow us. If you like something that you heard, uh, please share it. Um, if you haven't, we love feedback. Give, give us an email. Our email is info at Dad Jeans Podcast. We can be found on Instagram or Facebook at Dad Jeans Podcast. As always, we ask that you give us a review and not just any review, but a five star review. Hey, five oh. stars. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> I hate y'all. I, I hate y'all. <laughs> mess up our lives. How you gonna mess up our lives? Yeah. <laughs> so, let's, we, enjoy, beat the heat, y'all. Why you stuttering, man? Just end the show. End the show. Go get some Froyo with your kid <laughs> and uh, check us out in another couple weeks. Until then, be safe, be sane, and do good. Yep. On behalf of Harrison Bryan, this is Dad Jeans Podcast. Peace. Peace. Peace.